Parenting, it's the hardest job we'll ever do. Most of us are tired, stressed, and counting the minutes until bedtime. But what if raising kids could feel just a little lighter? I'm Dr. Hillary, a licensed psychologist and mama of three, and you're listening to the Raised Resilient Podcast, where each week we tackle tough parenting topics, and I help decode behavior and empower you with tools and strategies so that even the hardest moments make more sense. Because parenting is hard, no matter how you do it. But I can help you go from barely surviving to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to raise resilient kids. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Hillary, and I'm so glad you're here. So I'm going to be answering a listener question today. And our listener writes in with a question that I get asked some version of a lot. And that's essentially, what do we do when we're doing all the things? We're saying the things, we're validating feelings, we're holding space, and nothing seems to be helping. And we still feel this friction with our kids. What then? Why isn't it working? Why aren't things feeling easier? Why isn't parenting feeling good for either of us, right? So in today's episode, I'm going to try to address this. And the answer isn't necessarily easy in practice in terms of how we implement this, but it is simple in terms of what we actually need to shift. Okay, so our listener writes, I try to validate my five-year-old's feelings. I try to make sure that I'm allowing him space to feel what he needs to feel. But I feel like a lot of times I am just getting more frustration And I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong. What are your thoughts? Okay, so here's the thing. So often we come into situations with our kids and we think about these scripts that we've heard, whether that's here on this podcast or whether that's on Instagram or some other place that we are reading or hearing about how we should be talking to our kids. And we say all the things. We say, I hear you. I get that you're feeling mad. I'm here. We say these things and it seems to just increase the tension. So there's a lot of things that could be going on here, but one major thing comes to mind and it's this. In these moments with our kids, when we show up and we're doing the things, we're checking the boxes, but nothing feels good. We don't feel connected. A lot of the time, this is all about the energy that we bring to a situation. What do I mean by that? So when we come into an interaction with our child, we might know what we are supposed to say, and we might even be saying those things. But if our energy is rushed or stressed or frustrated or tense or impatient, right? We have things to do. We're thinking about the next thing. We're not here with our child in this moment. And I get it. I really get it. It is hard. Life is busy. And a lot of times we are thinking about 10 things at once. I remember earlier this year, there was an Instagram audio going around talking about, I have 10 tabs open and I don't even know where the noise is coming from. And I feel like as parents, most of us can probably relate to that. I know I can. But a lot of times when we show up in these hard moments with our kids, we are bringing that energy of like, okay, let's just get this over with. So If you can relate to that, you're not alone and you're allowed to show up that way. Sometimes you are human. And 
if things aren't going the way you want them to, you can shift your energy. You can shift how you are showing up in that moment by simply checking in with yourself and asking yourself, where am I right now? Where is my head? How does my body feel? And we're going to talk about some specific ways to check in with yourself to see if maybe the energy that you're bringing isn't matching what your child needs in that moment. Essentially, the energy that we're going for is just a calm. We're looking to show up with calm, patient, present energy. And if we're not bringing that, our kids often get the sense that actually their feelings aren't really allowed, that we might be saying that they are, but actually we're kind of hoping they shut things down and get back to being agreeable. And again, if that's something that you can recognize in yourself, if you can recognize that, oh yeah, a lot of times I am actually trying to get the feelings to stop, or a lot of times I am thinking about what I'm going to cook for dinner or late for pickup and trying to get this toddler tantrum wrapped up, it's okay. And you don't have to do any of this perfectly. And you're not going to show up with calm, present, patient energy all the time. Like you're just not. But a lot of times we can get into parenting ruts where we are just really kind of trying to move to the next thing constantly. And I think this happens when we're stressed, when we're burned out, when we have too much on our plates. But it can also happen because we get caught up in the monotony of same thing day after day, right? And we're not really seeing our child in these moments. So as an example, last night, I was trying to get my eight-year-old to bed. He had had soccer practice and my younger two were already asleep and we had just had a nice dinner together and I was ready to kind of be done for the day. And He was being very silly. Like he just had this silly, dysregulated energy in his body. And I said, okay, took a deep breath because he did something really silly. And I said, okay, I see that. Yep. You've got some silly energy. Let's go to bed. And then I stepped on the dog bone. (laughs) Like I just like stubbed my toe on this big, massive bone. We have a hundred pound yellow lab and he likes this bone to chew on. And I step on it all the time. Like I'm always tripping over it and it hurts so bad. And I said, oh my gosh, let's go to bed. Like really responding to the dog bone. But my son picked up on this and he looked at me and he said, mommy, you don't need to take your frustrations about the dog bone out on me. And I was floored because I really didn't think that I was. I really thought that I was doing a good job kind of containing that. And in that moment, we had a discussion about, you know, I'm going to be frustrated sometimes and that I wasn't frustrated with him and that I really actually was trying to monitor my reaction and not take that out on him and how that's going to leak out sometimes. And it's okay. We are all human, but also I just, it was a learning moment for me because I thought to myself, you know, this is the level of sensitivity that our kids have to our energy, to our tone, to our nonverbal cues. And so it really made me think about when I was answering our listeners' question, just how perceptive our kids are of those nonverbals and our energy that we bring into a room. And I've talked a lot about how, you know, our kids are going to interpret a rushed, tense, frustrated energy as being their fault if we can't sort of tell them the story of what is happening, which is what I did around the dog bone incident last night. But when we're not aware of it, I think the energy we bring to a situation can have 
the opposite effect of what we're hoping all of these scripts and interventions and strategies are going to give us, right? And so if you are finding yourself in a situation with your child and you are just not feeling good about it, can you check your energy? Can you just take a moment and check in with yourself? So here's a really common place that I see our energy mismatch with what our kids need. And I've talked about this on previous episodes, but I'm going to repeat it here because it's so easy to fall into this. But let's say that your child is expressing frustration around something. Maybe they don't like the dinner you cooked, or maybe they don't want to do their homework, or maybe they wanted a different cup than the cup that you gave them. They're expressing frustration around it. And what do we sometimes do? We sometimes come into this moment with this energy of like trying to get this feeling to go the opposite direction. Like, here's why you shouldn't be frustrated. So in those moments, we might say things like, I know you don't like it, but it's the only thing you've got to eat. So, I mean, we just need to deal with it. Or we might say things like, okay, I, you know, I get that you don't want to do your homework, right? There's the validation, but I feel like we just need to get it done. So, you know, do you want to do it here or at the table? And we're giving structured choices, right? So there we've got validation and structured choices. And our kid is just still kind of falling apart about this. What is going on? What if you approached it a little bit differently, right? You know, in that moment, you need your child to move on and eat their dinner because you're already thinking about, okay, I need to get my kid to bed and then I have work to do. And then I need a little bit of time to myself so I can get up and do it again tomorrow. Or in the example with the homework, you need your child to get their homework done. You don't have infinite time to get all of this done. Maybe your child has soccer practice or dance after this, and you need them to get their homework done before that. Or maybe it's just getting late. But whatever the reason, you have this agenda of getting this thing done and you're trying to validate the feelings, but you're also trying to just like move on. I get it. I have been there. I will be there again many times. Again, this is very human of us and it can be helpful to think about what we're doing and how we can shift it even in the moment, even on the fly so that we can show up differently. So what if you were to shift your energy in that moment? And pull in a little bit of calm and a little bit of patience and a little bit of presence in this current moment. That might sound something like this. You really don't want to do your homework. I really get that. What is it that feels so hard? What do you think? Tell me more about it. Now, in that moment, you are not rushing your child. Your energy is calm. Your energy is present in this moment as if you have all the time in the world. Now I know that you don't, but what can happen when you get stuck in this, like, we've got to get this done mindset and energy, then you might transfer that to your child. Who's then going to feel even more stuck because they're not feeling seen. They're not feeling heard. They're not feeling the connection, the safe connection that they need to be able to get this done. And so they're feeling stuck and this can escalate really easily to a power struggle, right? You give the structured choice. Do you want to do it here or at the kitchen table? And your child says, I don't want to do it at all and digs their heels in, in that moment. Can you shift your energy and say, I get that. Gosh, you really just don't want to do this at all. And you know what? That makes so much sense. You've had a really long day at school. I hear you. I get that. And as you relax into that moment and bring that calm energy, your child is going to be more able to first of all, feel seen and to feel like you get their struggle. 
And also, because they will feel that co-regulation from you, their nervous system calms down and they're going to see new options that maybe weren't available to them a few minutes ago. They're going to feel like doing the homework is more possible. And this is the kind of, you know, invisible je ne sais quoi of parenting where it's not, it's hard to put it into a script. It's hard to say, okay, say exactly this because you could say exactly what I just said. But if your energy is rushed, if you're going, I really get that. You don't want to do your homework at all. I I see that you don't want to do your homework. You know, I, I understand you've had a long day at school. That feels really different, doesn't it? That's not present. That's not calm. And so your child in that moment is going to continue to feel nervous system activation. And it's really hard to see solutions or feel ready to move on or sit down and focus when that's happening. The example with mealtimes is another really important example because the energy we bring to meals with our kids is critical to how our kids are going to perceive the act of eating, the relationship they're going to have with food. And so if our entire mealtime is focused on micromanaging what they're eating, our kids are not forming positive associations with food. They are not calm enough to really enjoy the family being together, to really start to say, hmm, I feel like eating. You know, eating with an activated nervous system is not good for any of us. And so when our family meals become about, I know you don't like what I cook, but that's all you've gotten, so you're going to have to eat it. Well, that's not giving anybody a calm, regulated nervous system ready to eat. And so we could say so much about food, and I'm actually really excited. I have a really awesome episode coming up soon. Um, It's going to be one of my first interview episodes, and we're going to be talking about intuitive eating for kids and how we can help our kids have a healthy balanced relationship with food. And so we're going to talk about all of that and dive into that in that episode. So stay tuned for that. But what I'll say about it today is just that we really want to make sure that our mealtimes are focused on enjoying each other, talking to each other, being together, and not what everybody is eating. It's so important that we shift our energy in that moment to show up in a way that is much more about what was one fun thing you did today than how many bites of your chicken have you eaten? So shifting our energy in these moments can be so important to showing up in a way that is conducive to the outcome that we want and the outcome that our kids want. Counterintuitively, when we stop trying to get the feelings to stop or stop trying to force a certain outcome, our kids are much more likely to actually get back to a place where their emotions are pretty regulated, to get back to a place where they're able to do the things that we need them to do to move forward. Forcing it and getting sort of more rigid around it rarely ever works. Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't hold our boundaries, right? That is not what I'm saying, but it's the energy we bring to how we do that that I'm really trying to address here. So if you're noticing yourself getting stuck in this place of, you know, feeling like you have to have it work out a certain way and maybe even feeling anxious because it's not working out the way you need it to. If you're dealing with time constraints and you're feeling like you just have to have things work out a certain way, if you find yourself saying, but right, you're validating, but you're saying the word, but I hear you, but I know you don't want to do that, but I really get that, but, 
Anytime you're saying the word but, that's a clue to yourself that your energy is not in the right place, that we need to shift your energy in that moment. So how do we do that? Well, I think checking in with yourself is really important here. And, you know, this is another skill that we're going to have to actively practice because most of us, we didn't learn how to check in with ourselves, to scan our bodies for anxiety and stress, to really pay attention to things like, you know what, my fists are clenched and my shoulders are scrunched. I'm tense right now. To really notice how we feel in a moment that is affecting how we're showing up or the thoughts that are on loop in our head. I got to get this under wraps or this behavior is going to get out of control. What's this going to be like in five years, 10 years? Oh my goodness, the parenting rabbit hole. Anytime we are in that place, the parenting rabbit hole, saying but, feeling like we have to force an outcome, this is a clue to take a step back. Take a break if you need to. Say to your child, you know what? I'm going to go take a few deep breaths because I can tell I'm not approaching this in a way that's helpful. Or I'm feeling frustrated. I'm just going to take a minute and get myself calmer. And then go take a break. Take some deep breaths. Literally close your eyes and scan your body for tension. Notice where you feel that tension. See if you can let some of that go. Tune into your thoughts. Are you thinking things like, this is a huge problem, or I've got to fix this, or my kid's not eating enough chicken, what am I going to do? He's going to be malnourished, or, oh my goodness, I got to get this homework done, or the teacher's going to think my kid isn't a good student. If we start to go down that parenting rabbit hole, notice that and stop those thoughts actively say, I don't need to worry about tomorrow. I need to parent the kid in front of me. What do I need right now to show up with calm, patient presence. What feels so important to me right now? Am I really attached to a certain outcome? Now, sometimes you do need to get out the door. This was our situation yesterday. I needed to get my son ready for soccer. I was solo parenting. Thankfully, my mom was here to help out and she was going to take my son to soccer, but I was trying to get him, you know, moving on with his math homework so that he could get to soccer. And, you know, it was hard because first of all, We could talk about homework. We could talk about what the research says about homework. But let's just suffice it to say that homework is really hard for kids. They do come home from working all day at school, and often they're just fatigued. It's hard to sit down and do more work after being in school all day. So homework is legitimately stressful for kids, and it is really challenging for kids to actually sit down and do a good job. You can imagine for yourself, right, if you've ever tried to bring work home after the end of your normal work day, or if you've tried to get something done after the kids go to bed, for most of us, now for some people, that's when you work best, but for most of us, it feels like just pulling teeth to get that done, right? It's so hard. And so we were trying to get this homework done, and he was silly, and actually we had good momentum, but then one of my other kids needed me, and we lost that momentum, and then he was kind of on to the next thing. And I was just feeling like, how do I get him to sit down and just do this? And I didn't want to use threats and I didn't want to use bribes. And so I just kind of took a minute and I checked my energy and I sat down next to him and I said, would you like a hug? And he always wants a hug. So thankfully, right? I hope that doesn't change. He's eight. So I hope that stays, but he always wants a hug. And so he took me up on that and we just kind of stood there for a minute. And then he said to me, He said, it's too loud out here. I can't get this done right now because it's too loud. 
And I said, well, you know what? I have an idea. Why don't we both go and sit down together in the office and we can get the homework done there where it's quieter. And he said, that's a great idea. Suddenly his energy shifted too. We were both thinking of solutions just because we took a second and stopped and hugged each other. Like that was really the shift. And then we got into the office and I just sat with him and he just started working. And he looked over at me at one point and he said, you know, I really like you being here. I don't need you to help me. I know what I'm doing. I just really like you sitting here next to me. It feels really good. And I was floored because this is not something I would have thought of. He's capable of doing the homework on his own. My plan was to get him started, set him up and let him go. But he needed me in that moment. He needed to feel connected to me in that moment. And as soon as he did, the homework took him maybe five to 10 minutes. And that was it. If I hadn't checked my energy in that moment, if I had stayed stuck on this like, oh, we've got to get you to soccer, we've got to get this done, then we would have gotten into a power struggle. He would have gone to soccer stressed, maybe with his math homework done, but stressed. And that's never a cost that I really want to pay. I don't want my kids to learn that everything is rush and stress. And worst case, Let's say that I had shifted my energy and that led to us talking about something or staying in that place of trying to connect versus actually getting the homework done. Well, if that's the worst case outcome, I think that's an okay outcome. We could get the homework done later. We could have gotten up this morning and worked on it. Worst case, I could have let his teacher know, you know what? It didn't get done last night and it wasn't because he didn't try. This mindset shift is so important. We tend to think that we only have two options. Either we don't get it done or we do. But a lot of times there's a lot of gray area. And when we can slow down and shift our energy, we can usually start to see that rather than things feeling so urgent, right? Everything is not a rush or an emergency, but we can feel like that. And a lot of that has to do with how we were parented. Because for us, a lot of times it was black and white. Either you do it or you don't and you get punished, right? And so I think it's really important that we can just recognize what is the energy we're bringing to a situation with our kids. And speaking of mindset shifts, I have an amazing free guide that is gonna help you make the shift in those moments to seeing that gray area, to seeing your kid for what is really happening, the good kid through the struggle, versus seeing a kid who's so silly and would rather be silly than do his math homework. It really does take a perspective shift to see things clearly in those moments. And so if you have not grabbed my free guide, Six Mindset Shifts to Ditch the Overwhelm and Parent in a Way That Feels Good, go to raiseresilient.com forward slash mindset and grab your copy today. It is the first step to really shifting your perspective, which will help you shift your energy in these tough parenting moments. So I hope that's helpful. I really appreciate you listening. And until next time, we've got this. I so appreciate you listening and being here. It really means the world to me. And if you are enjoying this podcast, leave a review and share with someone who could use this message. I really and truly believe that this is how we change the world. We spread the word about raising resilient kids, about being cycle breakers. So share this podcast, leave a review, and let's spread the word about raising resilient kids. Until next time, we've got this.